cinco años sintiendo esa cicatriz dentro de mí. Sin embargo, es ahora la primera vez que la beso. Hello everyone and welcome to a new edition of Thinking Aloud about film. Uh, Richard is ill, uh, so he'll be away uh, for the next couple of installments. Uh, so instead, I have Harry Russell with us and we're going to be talking about Matador. Uh, again, I've seen it many times, so I'm keen on getting your reactions, Harry. I, I really liked it. I really loved it. It was my first time obviously seeing it and I found it... There's just something very attractive about the film on a conceptual basis, like when I sort of was reading what it was about, and then viewing it. It was very interesting to me, because I think I've now seen, I was looking through like which of his films I'd viewed, I've viewed sort of all the films up to this. And um. The like full films, I haven't watched the short films so much, which I logged. And this strikes me as the most, it's, it's very much a genre piece, which I, I think was quite surprising for me. Uh -huh. Like it's, it felt very different in that way. Like it's, it's very much engaged with, like conventions of the erotic thriller. Uh -huh. I don't know. I mean, I think, the, I think all his films really are, uh, well, draw on genre. The thing is, mm. they mix all the genres, right? Mm. You know, and I think this also mixes, right? Because you know, it's got elements of horror, it's got elements of noir, it's mm. got elements of thriller. It's a romance. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, did you think I, it was different I, than... Well, I think there is that mixture, but I think, unlike some of the other... Like, in some of his other films, I feel like that mixture is much more sort of... Not evenly split, because you can never be fully evenly split. Mm. But in this one, like, those ideas of the erotic thriller... And you talk about, like, sort of noir and, like, thriller. Those, to me, all sort of, like, wrap into that sort of overall, like, erotic thriller nature mm. of it. Um... But there are definitely those like mixtures. Like it, there is a very dark comedic act, um, aspect to it. Yeah. And we again see this sort of early fascination with like random elements of sci-fi with yes. sort of uh, Antonio Banderas' character, who's sort of seeing these visions. And yes. It's like psychic ability. <laughs> yes. I have mixed feelings about the film because I think it's really beautiful. Mm. Right. Like it. It really. It's just visually. I think it's ravishing. Actually. Um, and it's very, very witty. I also think it's thin, that it's kind of kitschy. Yeah, that, you know, so it's about sex and death and Spain. But actually, I think it's superficial, right? Whereas I think some of his other films, which you might think of as superficial, you know, are actually have a lot of things to say about people in the world. And mm. yeah, and, and they, I don't know, they touch you, you recognize things in them. And I think with this film, you just think, oh, it's, it's kind of clever and beautiful, but it's kind of superficial, I think. Did you? I, I don't know. I guess I see where you're coming from. I guess my counterpoint is maybe I like a superficial film from time to time. <laughs> I find it very, a very enjoyable watch. I know, you know, but I, I was having this discussion with a, you know, quite a distinguished scholar where, you know, she was arguing, ah, you know, kind of what is good. It's just a question of taste. And I think, no, you know, for me, it's not a question of taste. I think a question of taste is what I like. And of course, we all like trash, right? Well, actually, your liking trash doesn't make it good. And mm. surely most of us can recognize the difference in us liking trash for whatever reasons, right? 
and us liking something that offers us more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think, I mean, this film is incredibly clever. Yeah. And as with Almodovar, I think everything is worked through. Right. Uh, but at the end of it, well, what, what would you say its themes are? Yeah, what is it about? I guess it's about all the, it's it's about sort of like sex and violence and the interplay between them. I, I guess I would say like that's, which you know when you say it out loud is a very sort of superficial and a, like treaded upon theme. I guess it's about sex and death and mm. Spanishness and you know you could see some of the films that it's drawing from. Yeah, not only like Jewel in the Sun, the King Vidor film that you see the clip of. Mm. But also other things like you know, Oshima's in the realm of the senses, right? Which you know is also a little bit kind of you know about this theme. But I think this one deals with it in ways that are well to me superficial. So you know the first sequence, right? Which I think is marvelous. So you have all these women kind of screaming and being slashed, and you know, and of course then you see our hero. Wanking, right? Uh, and you have this very witty visual image where his feet are on top of the television monitor, mm. right? You know, and then as soon as he comes, it's like, yeah, they turn inward. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, so it's like, you know, because coming is often described by the French as like a little death, yeah, right? So you, you literally kind of, you know, see this. And this begins the film. So, you know, so these themes of violence and getting off on violence. But also how this need for this violence is necessary for this jouissance, but that this jouissance diminishes you somehow, yeah, is kind of like all there, I think, in the first few images. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think I get where you're yeah. coming from. And I love the wittiness of it, you know, so then we go in and you realize he's the famous bullfighter who's giving bullfighting lessons. And then when the crime takes place, if you remember, there's the scene where the detective comes in and he's looking at all the guy's crotches as, mm. yeah, in the class. I mean, there's something kind of witty and radical and subversive about all of that, yeah? Mm. So I'm not saying that the film has no value. I mean, I, lo I love it, you know. But I don't think it stands up to, like, uh, other of his great films. I think it's kind of like um, a filler film. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I could see where you're coming from with that. Like, well, I mean, I don't want to impose this on you. I mean, kind of tell me what were your emotional responses and are there... Well, let's go first for the plot and then if you can tell me which scenes grab your attention more, actually. That might be a good way of doing it. Mm. Um, what, is in going to the plot first? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Just to, you know, for people who are listening to us who might not have seen the film. Yeah, so it's about, like you say, a sort of retired bullfighter who sort of teaches these classes that Antonio Banderas' character goes to. Um, and they sort of have a small conversation, they go over things, and the bullfighter like, accuses him, Diego, the same mm. as, accuses him sort of of being homosexual. Mm. They ask him that question, Antonio Banderas takes quite great offence to that, goes out that night and proceeds to rape his neighbour or try to rape his neighbour, yes. um, who is also Diego's girlfriend, is overcome with guilt by this, attempts to confess to the crime. No one seems particularly bothered by the crime, and so instead he confesses to a series of murders that have taken place. Mm. 
and the film then proceeds to follow his defence lawyer, mm. who turns out to actually be the murderer, except she sort of shared some of those murders with Diego. They, the implication at first is that they've all sort of been by the same killer, but rather it's these two killers who become rather infatuated and obsessed with one another. Yes. They're both, and actually you see this again in the opening scene, because the opening scene kind of cross-cuts, yeah. Mm. Uh, so just as you've seen him wanking through these images of women getting murdered, you see her committing a murder in a kind of a bullfighter matador style, mm. right? So as he's speaking about how you kill a bull, right, you see her performing the actions with a man, right? Mm. So obviously there, there, there are two individuals who get off on murder, right, who are destined to meet each other and are therefore destined to have the most fantastic orgasm possible, which ends in both their deaths during an eclipse. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you say it, it sounds outrageous, doesn't it? Oh, that's great. And you talk about sort of scenes that grab my attention, that sort of final like sex scene between them that final orgasm is one of those ones that will stick with me especially as the eclipse happens and everything becomes drenched in in red and it sort of it almost takes on this like visually like a giallo like quality mm. of this like extreme violence of their, their final orgasm yes. their final thing and it's very interesting how sort of originally like they're both holding one of these hairpins that the woman's been using to murder mm. sort of all her victims throughout the film mm. And she stabs him, but he can't quite return it. She ultimately ends up having to, I guess, kill them kill herself, both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's an important film for me in, in terms of understanding Amadova's career because you really begin to see the influence of Hollywood filmmaking on his films. Uh, and I was thinking particularly about the structure of the film. Yeah. So kind of Bordel often talks about Hollywood cinema begins in this kind of uh, situation that leads to an imbalance, right? And then you have kind of cause and effect, yeah, uh, in, in attempts to kind of uh, rebalance the plot until an ending that responds to the beginning in some way. And one of the ways Hollywood cinema does it is through a structuration of equals but opposites. And you see this... Um, you know, if you look at it, like the film has these three uh, Spanish archetypes, right? You know, the bullfighter, the policeman, the lad. Yeah, the policeman and the bullfighter are kind of structural opposites in the sense that, you know, they're both wounded men. They both have a limp. <laughs> they both can't get it up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's made kind of clear. Um, then you have these young people like Eva, the model, and the Antonio Banderas character, who are also kind of interesting uh, to, to be looked at together. Yeah, they're both kind of victims. They're both sacrificing themselves, yeah. Um, you have these two mothers, one of whom is a Christian monster, you know, the other one who is the hip modern mother, right? Yeah, it kind of, it's very interesting the way that, like, the film balances out uh, uh, those characteristics and the way that uh, it does so, like, you know, the whole film is like that, really. You do have these equal and opposite kind of characters uh, throughout on various levels uh, of the narrative in a way that is very clear. I mean, you know, you just take every character and think, well, who balances this one out? Who is like 
are different from this one, right? And what role do they play in the narrative? Yeah, it's almost like plotting by numbers. Yeah, yeah. Except it leads to some very interesting things. Yeah. Mm. Um, and of course, one of the interesting things is that the film is very much about Spanishness, right? It's no accident that you have a bullfighter and a cop, yeah, and you know, the the youth, yeah, mm. um, and there's that marvelous scene where Antonio Banderas is confessing, and he goes right from the police station, right from the church where he's about to confess, and into the police station, kind of almost like melding those two. Yeah, bridging yeah. those two institutions. What did you make of Antonio Andres' mother? <laughs> to me, she's sort of one of the most like comedic parts of the film, in the like the way her sort of piousness is treated, mm. and it, it's well, it's just not treated with very much seriousness at all. It's, it's that first scene where they're sort of saying grace around dinner. I feel like, and she's almost listing out the items, and she almost forgets the dessert. And yes. there's just sort of a. At least I read an insincereness to it like someone who devoutly believes in what they're preaching but doesn't understand it i guess if that makes sense yeah well i think she comes across as a very brutal woman mm. right like um you know one of those people who never does anything wrong yeah who mm. will, will never break the law or whatever but actually who are not conscious of the real damage they cause other people mm. yeah they're so obsessed with being righteous that they don't see how their righteousness is actually very harmful yeah, yeah. to others. Um, I love that character because you get both the harshness, but also she's, you know, she's filmed for laughs, right? Mm. I mean, you know, that scene in the mirror where she's spying him in the bathroom and her face is all broken up by the glass. Mm. Like, it's completely camp, right? Just the gestures. Don't, yeah? Don't you think? No, yeah, I do. Uh, and that's sort of... I just like her in the film. Like yes. She's very watchable as well. And the way she's sort of often put with Antonio Banderas' character, yeah. just like, there's always this like distance between them. I love the way that she says the line every time she refers to her husband, who she obviously hated, and he says, may he rest in peace. It's like, may he rest in peace. <laughs> she obviously like to, with this violence, right? <laughs> like the opposite of the Christian mm. kind of sentiment. Um, so I think all of those things are marvelous. I mean, uh, just just to go on to this point about it being about Spanishness. I watched it yesterday, you know, in order to be fresh to talk with you about it. And one of the things that I hadn't noticed, you remember, there's that fantastic scene that you talked to me earlier about um, with Almodovar playing Francisco Montesinos, who was a real fashion designer and who was meant to film it and who just couldn't show up mm. that day. And he's playing him. And he has this, dull, this whole discourse of, you know, Spain is, like, divided, right? You know, and kind of, what is the divided? It's divided into two categories, the jealous and the intolerant. <laughs> he says, what are you? I'm both. <laughs> and this is kind of like a little bit of a reference, you know, to the Civil War, you know, Spain mm -hmm. divided. But then what I saw that I had never seen before is when he goes into the toilets and sees the girl shooting up, and he says, why don't you go to the bathroom? That's what they're for. <laughs> I thought that was a great line. <laughs> um, but the girl is doing her, I forget what it's called, yeah, the, the, mm. the, the thing to tie your vein, right, in order for you to shoot up. It's, it's a Spanish flag that she's doing it with, right? Mm. I'm referencing to this, like, epidemic of drugs that was then in, invading the country. 
Uh, and then it made me think that there's so much Spanish flag in it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I kind of... And I'm curious, because obviously I should have caught this earlier because, you know, I'm Spanish. Um, but did that hit you at all? If you, I think it hit me a bit because at first, when I was first watching it, I think the overwhelming... Um, like feeling was like there's a lot of red in it mm. and at first I'm like oh yeah passionate but those other colours are there as, it's like it's reds and blacks and yellows and they're yes. like constantly like across the screen like it's, it's the colour of the Spanish flag right? yeah it's I mean it's red and it's it's red and yellow but then the eagle is black mm. so you know and those are the colours of the film that's, that is the colour palette of the film aside from individual objects yeah yeah that the film deploys and then I think it's interesting like in terms of costumes, the ones like if if we're just gonna like focus in on items, like they often have all these colors involved, but they're dominated by one of them. Like mm. I think of um, the defense lawyer, whose name yes. I can't remember. Like her outfit, Maria fact, Cardinal. Yeah, um, who's like her outfit, sort of as she flees from Diego in the like fashion show. Like hers is very much like the like black mm. but with the yellow sort of underneath and mm. I'm not I'm not a great costume person but even I can sort of tell those yes I mean it's clearly designed to you know to bring those colors to mind she's wearing you know the Spanish flag almost as an outfit mm. yeah and that scene where her braid is behaving like a bull's tail yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know uh and that kind of reappears several times in the film there's also you know, the thing about the capes and, you know, they're making love on the cape at the mm -hmm. end. Yeah, there's all kind of these markers or symbols of Spanishness that are brought to play uh, in the narrative um, in really interesting ways. Um, there are a couple of things that I really don't like and I don't get. Mm -hmm. So, well, let me distinguish. There are things that I don't get, first of all. What is the thing with the mushrooms? Yeah? Mm. It's made a great deal of. It reappears several times. It's obviously symbolizing something or referring to something what? I don't know. I guess my my only guess, which would be somewhat, I feel, loose, is, is this idea of when the gardener first picks the mushrooms, he's sort of very excited by it and sort of the opportunity to turn it into a stew and obviously San Antonio Banderas who tells him it's, it's poisonous mm. and this information gets passed along later in sort of a way that the gardener uses as if his own but the only thing I can think of is like the idea of like appearances and like truth which I guess in that way sort of l like links to the killers and like their sex and violence which is obviously at first sort of very sort of erotic and mm. sort of exciting but is ultimately like it's just a cover for murder. Yes. But I think it's quite weak. I think it's there, but it's not. Yes. Well, actually, you might, you're making me think that it's maybe stronger than I thought because, you know, so part of what the film argues, and I can't believe that an Almodovar film is arguing this because really, but he's saying that there's something as your nature, mm. right? You know, and that it's um, uh, unchangeable. Right, I, some people are born killers, and they will kill, and you know, and that's it, right? They're just kind of living out their nature, uh, and of course, the thing is that your nature is not your appearance, right? Mm. So I wondered, you know, there's something, 
yeah yeah that ties in with that because it's something that is then repeated again several times yeah it's my nature to kill or whatever and then there's that little bit with the Carmen Maura and the policeman going to that exhibition yeah where they also talk a bit about that mm. yeah um, I don't know yeah. I think it's a weakness I'll be honest that that exhibition scene did confuse me at first. Like, it sort of cuts from him with the mushroom, and then suddenly they're in a mushroom museum. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I even wondered, what the hell is that whole subplot with the policeman and the Carmen Maura character? What is it about? Right? I mean, obviously, the policeman is a counterpoint, right? It, you know, but, I mean, I, th- I thought if you'd lose that whole relationship bit with, a kind of Maura character, what would the film have lost, right? Mm. Um, it's very interesting that the film was made for a, a, a producer, I would that, yeah. So it isn't Tesauro anymore, it's uh, Andres Vicente Gomez, who was, you know, a very big, famous producer. He's, he's the guy who produced Saura films, a prestigious mm. uh, producer, who obviously must have insisted on certain things because... Um, I was watching the film and I thought, oh my God, I've forgotten. This film has no pop songs, right? It's all, it's all kind of, it's a score. And actually it's true that until the very end where the song comes out, yeah, as they're about to make love Mm. and then die, there's no song in the whole film. It's all score. Mm. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is very unlike all his other films to the present. And of course he co-wrote the film yeah, I forget who, who the person is now, but he co-wrote the film, which he tends generally not to do, right? So I wonder if those were, like, production impositions to keep mm. Almodovar in control, to kind of make him more mainstream, yeah, than his earlier films up to that point. Yeah. No, I definitely, I could see that, because it sort of comes back to what I was saying at the beginning, where I, I do feel like this film comes across as much more of like a genre piece I feel like it could be much more easily mass consumed uh-huh. um, oh for sure yeah, yeah. Um, and which even, ties in with this producer n- notion yeah, yeah. Um, and even I mean it's been a while since I've seen What Have I Done to Deserve This which we'll watch later this afternoon but uh-huh. outside of that one which I can't remember as well this feels the cleanest of his earlier films Like for sure yeah it's sort of the most conventionally made I guess yes I mean you know, definitely the most skilled to this point, right? Mm. I mean, it's a glossy film. It looks sumptuous. I'm looking at some of those shots of Antonio Banderas and Eva Cobo and the way that they're lit and filmed, and I mean, they look beautiful, right? The the sexing at the end, I mean, it just looks amazing. You know, some of the shots of, uh, you know, the bullfighter at home, kind of, you know, surround, yeah, that he's filmed from above and you see him, like around with, uh, you know, the thing he uses to teach bullfighting. Yeah. It looks like a, a medieval diagram or something. Yeah, just that diagram is just such a great set for visuals. Like I'm thinking of when it's sort of revealed how he's murdered the two girls who went missing and there's the one just sort of led naked in the middle of this diagram as he approaches. It's just all sort of... It's, it's made for like a beautiful aesthetic. Like yeah. such nice sets. It looks gorgeous. The cast is beautiful. They're all beautiful, I think. You know, they're a real pleasure to watch. The film moves along beautifully. It does have serious themes, right? I mean, I think, you know, 
the theme of masculinity is very important, right? Because all these men who are um, figures of authority or figures of aspiration, you know, I patriarchal figures in some way, they, they don't, he subverts each of those stereotypes of masculinity. So the bullfighter can't get it up unless he's killing, right? Like he's not functioning. The policeman, he can't, can't get it up either. Right? Uh, yeah, it's both kind of indicated by both of them being, um, what's the word, they have any problem? Yeah, they have like a limp as this. A limp, so they have a limp, right? You know, always a code. <laughs> right. uh, and then Antonio Banderas faints at the sight of blood. Uh, and I think even the rape is kind of the way that it's filmed. It's so funny because he, he, he goes to rape his neighbor to prove his masculinity. <laughs> so, and then, I mean, obviously, it is, I think it is kind of, well, it's not quite played for laughs, is it? Yeah. Um, I think it's less played for laughs, more his character is someone to be mocked. Like, it sort of aims to highlight almost his patheticness in it, like, whilst trying to prove his masculinity. Whilst offering him sympathy, because, you know, there he is clearly the victim of um, his mother, you know? Because in Spain, often these horrible patriarchal figures are women or widows or monstrous mothers, right? wield all the power in the family and oppress their children with it, either men or women. You know, like the house of Bernardo Alba mm. is kind of like an example uh, of that. And he's clearly the victim of this, like, yeah, monstrous mother, but who is a patriarchal figure in the sense that she's an opus dei, upper middle class, religious, you know. Mm. There's sort of this, because it doesn't really cover it within the film itself, but I think when they're first sort of together, there's the implication that he is been away for quite some time and presumably like kicked out mm. and you sort of get this idea that oh he's had to like come back and is now sort of forced under this roof with a mother who is horrible mm. and wants him to be something he's not yes um though or worse because actually what he is is very nice mm. right and actually it's her that is corrupting him and <laughs> turning him into something horrible yeah, yeah making a monster of someone who's, who is actually very nice. Uh, so, um, so there is a theme, I think, of masculinity uh, and of Spanishness. Yeah, what is it? And that runs through it. And it's kind of done in this vein, you know, that, that in, Span in Spain it's called like a serpentico, which is like grotesque, so like so exaggerated that it becomes grotesque and cruel and so on. But on the other hand, it's rendered, it's so cruel, yeah, mm. that it becomes funny, yeah, that, like, so excessive mm. that it becomes funny. Um, and I think the film kind of succeeds in that, but, again, I'm, I'm not quite convinced by it, but I think, am I not quite convinced by it because it's Almodovar and he's done so many truly great films? Had this been made by someone else, would I like it more, is my mm. argument. Not, not would I like it more, because I, I like it very much, but would I rate it more? Yeah, would you expect, sort of, less it's almost like a relativity thing yes you just expect so much more because you know he's capable of so much more yes what did you respond to what scenes or moments or actors oh i don't know that's always a hard question i struggle to like pinpoint 
things that I react to just because of the way I am. Uh-huh. Um, I really love, I love the scene sort of just after the fashion show as like they're chasing each other and they're sort of like up on top of that building. Oh, it's yes. all very sort of dramatic and, and intimate. And also just any scene where those two, Diego and anytime they're together they just have such a electric chemistry to them and it's it's that first scene where they sort of kiss so passionately that it like takes all the lipstick off of her face <laughs> this... I, one of the things that I thought of is you know because Nacho Martinez and Asunta Serna who play mm. yeah those characters I think they're beautiful. I think they're, mm. I think really they're so good. Their movies, their movies are beautiful, but I also think they're not quite good, you know. And by not quite good, I don't mean that they're bad. I mean they're they work, you know. Actually, I think they work beautifully in the film, but you know when you see like Carmen Maura or Victoria Abril or Penelope Cruz in his films, like you get such a range of emotion and a gaze, right or. You know, you sometimes see conflicting or contradictory things in their faces, really. Like, at any one moment. Like, they're so alive on screen. Whereas, watching Asunta Serna in this, I think, oh my gosh, she looks like a 40s movie star, right? Like, she's so beautiful. And then with that lipstick and the way that she's dressed. and Yeah. Mm. But actually, she, yeah, she is also a bit blank. And he definitely is. Yeah. And then I wondered... Is that something that works in favor of the film or against the film? I don't know. Do you agree, first of all, with that assessment? I think... I wouldn't say blank entirely, but I do get the feeling that they sort of... that they were good with the material, but I imagine if they were given something more complex or, like, something more difficult to go with, they maybe wouldn't have Mm. gone so well. They were sort of... They were getting the best of what they could offer mm. and they wouldn't have been able to go much further. Mm. Um, in terms as to whether or not it like works, I think it works for the film because, at least to me, I think that those scenes of them together and it's, it's, always, it's always just like a, a chance to show passion and mm. that's sort of it. That's like the energy of the scene. That's the goal of the scene. And... I don't need them to do anymore, I think, was my sort of takeaway. Well, you see, I, I know exactly where you're coming from, and that is why the film is so enjoyable. But if you compare it to films on similar themes that are infinitely better, mm. right, then, and if you take the theme seriously, which I'm not sure that Almodovar does, first of all, you know, with this idea of, like, you know, sex being linked to death, right, and kind of people who can only get off sexually in ways that increasingly lead to death, right? If you see Oshima's Realm of the Senses, like, you know, you're watching, like, both this masochism and this anger and this hurt and this rage and this embarrassment and, you know, this self-hatred. Like, yeah, kind mm. of... You can imagine the range of emotions that someone who thinks in those ways lives through, yeah. at least before an acceptance, right? You don't get any of that in this film. Yeah. Right? It's just fun. It's like, I get off on this and then, you know, this is going to be the ultimate. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's just very sort of pulpy in that way. Okay. And I guess the question then is, is, is that the point of it? Is it meant to be pulpy? Because I think there are 
ways that you could put forward that that is what the film's sort of going for on the whole. It is, I suppose, though, you know, I think um, it's interesting. This is one of those films where what I find most interesting are the minor moments. Mm. I love the fashion show, mm. right? Um, you know, it's a great example of camp, but also of camp, you know, my preferred definition is the one where the camp is a response to that which hurts, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's a subcultural response to that which hurts. Yeah. So, you know, um, so there, you know, you get, like, this ugly is beautiful, you know, leave the vomit there. Yeah. Uh, you get people shooting up. You get a discussion of what is modern. You get a discussion of what is Spain. And everything is kind of turned over, but kind of in a point of way, in a, in a way that is making you laugh, but also making you think about something that's not mm. right, yeah? Like, mm. yeah? So so I love those moments in the film. Um, and of course, I do find it really glossy and entertaining and beautiful to watch. It's just, I'm kind of... Uh, it, it seems to lack a depth that seems to be there in other Almodovar films, yeah? Expressed visually or, yeah? Uh, uh, and, 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 you know, and, and increasing depth as his career unfolds. Though, of course, depth is not the only criterion of value. Like, it's not the end all and be all, right? Like, you know, um, you know I'm, I'm also unsure of that. Because when you begin to take a surface, in fact, what do you end up appreciating about that surface? Yeah, as you begin to think about it, it's a way that it offers you depth. Yeah that this cloth or this lighting or whatever, you know, is is not only creating this feeling, but it also comes from there and symbolizes that and can be read as that. Yeah, and you begin to kind of like, yeah, spiral all kinds of things out of that surface, right? So I think inevitably something always leads you to a kind of a, a depth model, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though I'm not sure. Um, anyway, it's, it's, it's a surprisingly uh, glossy uh, film. And I think, you know, one of his, yeah, as enjoyable as anything he's ever done, in my view, without being as, as good. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Are there, is there anything that you want to add before we wrap this up? I think we've, I think we've covered the majority of the film. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much yeah. uh, for joining us. Uh, uh, Harry Russell, uh, we are thinking aloud about film. Uh, and we'll continue in a little while with a new episode on the law of desire. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.
Siempre hice el amor sola. Te quiero más que a mí misma muerta. ¿Te gustaría verme muerta? Sí. Y que tú me vieras muerto a mí. 